The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Dan Mullen, Florida's head coach, should be on the hot seat, touchdown or turnover. Dan Mullen should be on the hot seat, touchdown or turnover. I say touchdown based off of the expectations at Florida. I, I think he is strongly underperforming. I, I, I just, in, in every department, I, I think he is just really underperforming. Uh, it, it starts on the recruiting trail. That has been a complaint there by by fans and and pointed out by media members since really Dan got there his uh, inability to recruit at the level that Florida should recruit to and, and now you're starting to to see it on the field the the personnel on defense along with keeping Todd Grantham around as long as as he has has led to quite a bit of issues and. He he's been too loyal to Emory Jones, which I I don't hate as as much as a lot of Florida fans hate because I I, I like being loyal to a guy that that stuck it out in this new age of the transfer portal. So I appreciate that about Dan Mullen, but he has been too loyal to Emory Jones, and it's it's bitten him in the butt this season. Emory Jones just can't cut it. So I, I say yes. I I don't think Dan Mullen is a is a Bad coach whatsoever. I think Dan Mullen's one of the better coaches in college football, Swain. But based off of the expectations at Florida and the level he should be recruiting to, and this is what, year three, year four, and you look like that against Georgia, you should absolutely be on the hot seat. I mean, I'm going touchdown. I mean, you said it at the beginning, the expectations. Listen, man, Florida is 500 right now. The University of Florida is 500 after eight games. This is not a team that's 500 after two games where you're one and one. This is a team that is 500 at the beginning of November. They are two and four inside of the conference, and they have lost two in a row. Now, I would be a hypocrite if I sit here and and said that Dan Mullen should have went with a different quarterback sooner and shouldn't have went with, you know, Embry Jones. I think Dan Mullen has earned the right to make the decisions on quarterbacks. He's done a pretty dang good job in his last 10 years or more with quarterbacks. I think we saw why Embry was out there in front of Richardson um, for most, most of the season. I think Richardson playing against someone else instead of Georgia, the number one defense in the country, maybe we'll get a better pitcher. But I'm I'm willing to give Dan Mullen the grace the same way that Josh Heupel gets that grace when he picked the quarterbacks on the play for his team this year. So we'll see how the quarterback situation shakes out. But the point is they were not prepared after Kyle Trask. They were not prepared after Kyle Pitts 
and Kadarius Tony because they have not recruited at a high level. And you are at Florida, one of the top five jobs in America. You are in the state of Florida. Recruiting should be better. Right now, Florida's recruiting is at is sitting at 22 in the composite rankings. 22. 22. The Florida Gators. The infamous Gator Chump. The program that rocks the Jordan brand. 22, according to 247 composite. Now, when I go over here to Rivals, <laughs> so, so in this, in this instance, the the rivals rankings are, are your favorite. Yes, rivals has, are my favorite. It, it has Florida ranked lower. It, it may, yeah, it looks worse. Florida right now in the rankings according to rivals <laughs> is worse than Tennessee. Tennessee is at. 30, 31. Florida's at 35. Ooh. Teams ahead of Florida right now include Cincinnati, West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Boston College, Stanford. This should never be the case. And it's a year after Florida went to the SEC championship game, had a first-round tight end, a first-round receiver, <laughs> one of the all-time great quarterbacks, at least statistically. This is what they are doing in recruiting after having a great year, in which technically they also underperformed in that great year. I got, I got another team that's ahead of Florida. Vanderbilt. No, nah, ain't that bad. Missouri. Well, Vanderbilt's 39. Huh? Florida's 30, 35. <laughs> <laughs> but but here, here's a team. Missouri. Rutgers. Rutgers. 33. Florida, 35. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Where's Tennessee in those rankings? 34. 31st. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it ain't good I either. got to make sure we're ahead before I laugh too No, no, hard. no, no. I said, yeah, I said that. I made sure we you know, laid that out first. The Tennessee is slightly ahead. It ain't good either. Both teams should be higher. But still, if you are Florida, you, you are in a much stable position in terms of your football program than Tennessee is. And you beat Tennessee. Let's make sure we, we, we point that out. I don't know who wins if they play right now, to be honest. Um Honestly, I do know. I think Tennessee would win if they play Florida today, but that's not the way it works. I'd like to. I'd like to think that, but I, <laughs> I would still believe it when I see it because nothing ever good happens to Tennessee when it plays Florida. Hey man, I just I, Florida's Regardless playing bad football right now. Florida's playing black, bad football right now. Florida's gotten worse. Tennessee has gotten better since the Florida game. I, I, I feel confident saying that. I'm, I'm with you, but I'd have to see it to believe it. I understand. No, I'm, I understand, but ooh boy, yeah, I'm going. I'm going touchdown, man. I think Dan Mullen should be on the hot seat, and you know that stinks. Here's a, a, a coach that had a had a dang good football team last year. Um, that is one of the better coaches in the country. And if you're Florida, I, how can you really upgrade? Because uh, I mean, there's a chance that you could make a change and completely fall off the wagon with the bad hire, like. Scott Frost going to Nebraska. Now, Scott Frost at one point was was the hottest name in the offseason. And he's in danger of being fired right now. So, if you're Florida, 
the the margin of error I think is super small. Who can you go out there that and get that's better? That's better right now and and can do a better job. At this now, rate, I'm, I think anybody would be better. I don't know. <laughs> I, anybody? I I, I get Come what you're now. saying, but it, it's anybody? Not literally anybody. But at, at this rate with with how Dan Mullen is is recruiting and how he is underperforming on the field at Florida, it it would be very hard to to hire somebody that is that is going to do worse, both in re, in recruiting and and by the results on the field. I don't know, man. I still think he's a fit. The eighty twenty rule is 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 is. I won't say it's undefeated, but it sure has a really good batting average. Where you have eighty percent, but then you're trying to search for the other twenty percent, and you're in the pursuit of that other 20% to be 100%, and then you wind up with just 20%. And that's what Tennessee did when we decided to move from Coach Former. I understand, you know, not being happy with the results on the football field, and I understand, you know, wanting a fresh start. I get it. But Tennessee had 80%, and but 80% just wasn't good enough. So we went out and said, all right, well, let's try to go find the other 20%. You try to do that with Lane Kiffin, didn't work, and here we are. So if you're Florida – you got 80%. You got a dang good football coach that develops quarterbacks. The problem is he just doesn't wow you on the recruiting front, and he's not getting players like he should be. So if you go out there and make a chain, are you going to get 80% or more, or do you find yourself getting less than what you have with Dan Mullen? That's all I'm saying, and that's that's possible. That can happen. Um, 865-255-03, live here from Beta Chevrolet, over 150 Pre-owned new vehicles to choose from, home of the warranty for life on most new and used vehicles. Also, they will buy what you have. Motorcycle, boat, camper, car, truck, does not matter. They will buy your vehicle. You can all you can also trade right here at Betty Chevrolet. So if you want to trade a car to upgrade, to get a new car, you can do that. Listen, this is something that we did. We did. We bought our last vehicle, my wife's car, from Beatty Chevrolet. Had the had the great warranty, and the warranty came into came into play. We need to use our warranty. No money. We had to put up for those repairs. So everything that I'm saying about Beatty Chevrolet, we lived it in the last two or three months. We lived it ourselves. Great service, great people here, at Beatty Chevrolet. We'll take a quick timeout and we will be back after this. At work? Can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the Free Swain Event app. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities... Our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. 
There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Bring on the positivity this morning. It's time for Attaboy, brought to you by Iris Networks. Your number one choice for fiber, internet, and voice businesses. 90 days, no payment for business internet. And um, Ben, man, I know you got some good Attaboys from over the weekend. A lot of good stuff happened. I do. I I have several Attaboys and Attagirls that I would like to give out. And and we're going to start with... Uh, an add a boy and an add a girl. The the add a girl goes to the Tennessee soccer team, who won the SEC East title last week. Let's go Let's back go. to back SEC East champs. Uh, they have the most regular season wins in program history, and, and probably my favorite fact about this team, Swain, they didn't lose a home game this year, undefeated. At Regal Stadium, very, very cool. And as a result of their very successful season, Brian Penske, the soccer coach here at Tennessee, was named the SEC Coach of the Year. So shout out to to Brian Penske. Uh, Those who are familiar with the soccer program uh, are very aware of Brian Penske. He is is beloved over there on campus and by, by those who follow uh, the soccer team. He is. He's really awesome. He he's 
just like Tony Vitello. Not not in terms of, you know, same same personality per se, but just in, in terms of of being a fan favorite. P- people love Brian Pinsky. His his players love him, and uh, fit, fits in well with with Tony V and the the weeklies. Or I guess just just now Karen Weekly. Now that Ralph has retired and and, and Rick Barnes and, and Kelly Harper, he he, he fits in. And, and really well. And, and then you had six, including Coach Penske, earn postseason honors uh, as, as well. Mackenzie George was first team All-SEC. Uh, Taylor Huff was the SEC Freshman of the Year, named to the second team All-SEC and to the SEC All-Freshman team. Uh, Jada Thomas, second team All-SEC. Wren French, second team All-SEC. Jordan Fusco, SEC All-Freshman Team, and Claire Rain, SEC All-Freshman Team. So, shout out to Tennessee Soccer. Soccer school, baby. Or, or you know what we are? We're, we're an athletic school. We're just, we dominate. That's all you need to know about Tennessee. We dominate on the field. We everything but football school right now. <sighs> yes, yes, yes we are. And then, how can you not give the freaking Atlanta Braves and attaboy. The Braves won game away from winning a World Series. Yes, Wayne. They did you lose last night. You jinxing. You jinxing. You jinxing the Braves, Ben. No. I think you're doing it on purpose, too. No, I'm not. I'm not. When, <laughs> yes, when, you are, man. You ain't slick. No. When, I don't when, trust you. When, when the Braves added my my good friend Kyle Wright to <laughs> to the Braves World Series roster, I was, I was all in on, on the Braves winning a World Series just so that he can get a World Series ring. But the last time that that we spoke about the Braves here on the show, it it was Thursday, Friday, and and the Braves had a a 1-1, or the series was tied at 1-1. And since then, over the weekend, the Braves went 2-1, won Friday night 2-0, won Saturday night 3-2, and then did lose last night 9-5. But uh, Braves are still up 3-2. Heading back to Houston, uh, they'll play Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. That'll be game six. The, the Braves will try to close things out then. If, if the Astros force game seven, that'll be Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. But just a, a huge attaboy to the Braves and, and Braves fans as, as well. Seeing Truist Park this weekend was really, really cool. Just an awesome, awesome atmosphere from and if you saw on social media really before the game started out in the battery and and around the stadium just jam-packed full of energy uh, people getting loud before they can even get in the game and then you, you get into the game and there there wasn't an empty seat in the entire place and uh, that's a big old stadium that sits a lot of people and it, it was loud in there so the atmosphere looked really cool and and you know I gotta single out my guy Kyle who came in Saturday night and saved the Braves' rear end. Absolutely saved the Braves' rear end. The Braves uh, went with with a bullpen piece to, to start the start the game, and uh, said piece could not get the job done at, at the beginning. But Kyle Wright comes in with the bases loaded to save Mister Dylan Lee's rear end, and, and he gets the Braves out of the jam. Only gave up one run, and that wasn't his fault. That was a run he inherited. And on the play that the 
the Astros scored on. It was a little weak ground ball that, that the Astros got lucky on to score a run and, and did give up a home run to Jose Altuve, but pitched 4.2 innings, one earned run, five hits, three strikeouts, 75 pitches to, to get the Braves back on track that game. And, and I will forever say, if the Braves win the World Series, they won the 2021 World Series because of Kyle Wright. Buckhorn's own, Huntsville's own, he came in and he saved that game from, from the Astros tying the series up. And when the Braves win one of these next two games, it'll be because Kyle Wright saved the day in game four. So that, that was a really cool moment. It, it was really cool to see my, my Twitter feed, my Facebook feed, uh, just, just light up with, with, uh, shout outs to, to Kyle. A, a lot of people in Huntsville and a lot of people at Buckhorn are very happy for Kyle. I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's a, a really good pitcher, obviously, but he's a, a 10,000 times better person and, and deserves every bit of success. So that, that was really cool to watch on, on Saturday night. You're jinxing the Braves, man. That's, that's why I'm over here knocking on wood. Can you hear that? Can you hear me knocking on the no, wood right knock now? No, louder. All right, there we go. Ah, knuckles hurt. I'm not um, going oh, to knock too loud to get Ace going. Oh, uh, no, he's probably, he probably sleep. This is his sleepy time. Um, but this is an Atlanta sports team we're talking about here, Ben. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm, you over here giving them an attaboy, they, they got, they got and it's not over last, yet. Last series, they, they were able to handle the Dodgers. Man... It it's it gets it's a little different now when it's three two. It's one thing to be up three one. One game and we're talking about a game seven. They this is a must win for the Braves. This is where booties get a little tight, palms get a little sweaty. Now Ooh. look, I I I'm not I I do want the Braves to win, but but looking from the outside looking in, uh, as somebody who whose team is not playing, I I would there there is a little nervousness in the sense of if if I'm the Braves, you you probably should have closed out things last night because you did yep. not want to go to back to Houston. And I look, I still think the Braves will will win one of the two. The the. The Astros bullpen is is taxed after now two games that they've had to to practically go all out on its bullpen and last night needed the bullpen to be absolutely perfect after that early Adam Duvall grand slam. So the the Astros bullpen is taxed, but but so is the Braves to a certain extent. Um, so I, I still think the Braves pulled out Swain, but Houston becomes a, a madhouse, and I I think it's going to be really difficult. To, to to close it out. I, I think that they will, but that that place I, I've seen my Yankees, good Yankees teams, go in there and just nothing go its way. Nothing goes the Yankees' way when when they play in Houston, and, and it's not just a Yankees thing. It's a <laughs> a baseball thing because obviously they're they're a bunch of coward cheaters over there in, in Houston. Little stupid little Jose Altuve cheating left and right having buzzers on his chest that buzz him to tell him what pitch is coming. You little bum, bummy me bum face. Why don't you go do something that doesn't involve cheating? But uh, I think the Braves close it out. But I'd be very nervous going back to Houston. Should be. 
Should be, should be. Uh, let's see here. What's on the text box? The trusty text box. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Smoky Tennessee says Stoops has his coaches handcuffed. Uh, JD says, so you're saying our DBs are licking their chops like Evans was against uh, Missouri's defense? They should be. Uh, they should be. After watching the Mississippi State-Kentucky game. Uh, is there a way to find out what Josh Heupel's record is coming off a bye? We'll have to, we'll have to do some do some searching there, do some research from his time at, at Central Florida. I think this is a different <clears throat> circumstance, though. I mean, those guys barely practiced last week because they were so beat up and depth is so thin. So I don't know how much you will gain, how much the the, the, the information will tell you about what Josh Hype was going to do uh, after this bye week because these guys just, just needed to rest, and they did that. Um, let's go to the phones and let's get to Daytona and then we'll go back to the text box. Daytona, good morning. Morning, guys. Good morning. So it's good good to be back in the good old USA. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the Braves. Ben was talking about the Braves. And, you know, they're doing this on top of losing probably their best pitcher in what, game one to a broken leg? Yep. And, uh, you know, they're, I'll tell you what, it's pretty impressive what they're doing. There are no name pitching staff. They have no viable big name starter. And, uh, I'm a little concerned with how the managers handle things. Uh, the past two games, you know, these guys that he's bringing in to, to, to basically emergency start, you know, he's letting them know like at 11 o'clock that morning that they're starting. Uh, but very excited for the Braves. They're, uh, they're, they're doing well, doing well. Uh, I didn't get to see anything Tennessee while I was gone. I didn't get to see the Alabama game. I didn't get to see the baseball game. I didn't get to see the basketball game. So uh, a little behind on things. But uh, who was that last week, Swain, when I called in that uh, actually gave me props? Was that – Volstorm. Or was that Vol Nation? Volstorm? I think it was Volstorm, wasn't it, Swain? Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. I, I'm pretty sure it was Volstorm. Maybe I'm, I'm – I'm like 93% sure it was Volstorm. Oh, okay. I did, I did catch that. I had I had crappy service, but uh, – Well, we should frame it, uh, Daytona, because, you know, some of the callers have been – been very mean to you, so we should we should frame that compliment and uh, you know hold it near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, I do. I do hold it near and dear to my heart, Mister Instigator. I was feeling pretty good, and you know, talking about a compliment, and then you had to bring up all the other callers talking crap. <laughs> oh, Swain, I love you, buddy. You're a complete mess. I've really enjoyed listening to Ditto. former. The former cornerback, uh, uh, who was that, Wade? Mm-hmm, Jonathan Wade. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that show. Uh, he pretty much had you pegged from the beginning. I think he called you slow and 
sometimes you had good hands, basically, with I, the content? I hear that part. Are you doing? I hear no, I didn't hear that. No, I didn't. I didn't hear that. You, you uh, hear any of that, Ben? Uh, no, I was asleep. All right. Well, I'm just rambling because I've had a. I haven't had too many opportunities to call you guys. Uh, Steelers looked well. What What your Bears do, Ben? Uh, Swain. Uh, they lost like I thought they would. Okay. I, I I just got back, so I don't even know. But we play. I think we play y'all next Monday night. Yep. 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 It'll be a slop fest. And then we play the Lions after that. So we can oh, get, that's an easy we can get some uh, revenge on Triple O. Isn't that right, Dave Tona? I'm not even mentioning that game, Ben. <laughs> I I actually think uh, the Lions are going to go 0-17. I'm not even commenting on that, Ben. I was just speaking out to the to the universe. Don't you think that uh, the Lions are going to go 0-17, uh, Swain? Hope Dude, you have a great day, Dave Tona. Thank you, Dave Tona. Man, you know, one, one of the one of the – picks that I made in the NFL that I am so proud of is my Philadelphia Eagles pick because all the analysts on ESPN, they thought that the Lions would get their first win of the season against the Eagles because Jalen Hurts was struggling. The Eagles coach did some Butch Jones type of press conference talking about how the root is spreading at the bottom of the soil and all this other stuff. Da, 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 da. You know, it was Butch S. Dooley-esque. And they thought that the Eagles would lose to the Lions. And all that the Eagles did was spank the Lions. How do you get beat that bad? Triple O. How did your team get beat 44 to 6? How, how does that happen? The Eagles beat the Lions like the Lions were a Conference USA team. They beat the Lions like they were Vanderbilt. They beat the Lions like they were freaking Louisiana Tech State Monroe. Tulane Tech State Institute. Sisters of the Poor. Like, how do you beat that bad by the Eagles? So, um, yeah, man, Lions, Lions are probably going Go defeated this year. It's probably I bet you happen. picked the Browns, though. The Browns. Oh, I did pick the Browns. I thought the Browns would win. I know. Yep. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Man, I didn't. I didn't trust. Uh, big, I didn't trust the pass rush. Excuse me. I didn't. I didn't trust the pass protection against uh, the Browns' defensive front. But they got it done, man. They made it. They made a way. They found a way to win. Well, I'm just fully expecting the the Steelers to lose to the Lions because that's the type of stuff that happens to me. When it comes what about to the Bears? Uh, I fully expect them to lose to the Bears as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. 865-255-03. Um, Iris Network's hotline. Let me get back to the text box. Tremel says... Teams start to figure out, figure you out, game by game, right? Each game, a coach takes something away, so it's to the point where they may have reached their ceiling. Ceiling talking about Kentucky. Here's the thing about Kentucky versus Tennessee when it comes to the adjustments that are made during the season. I think for teams to figure out Tennessee, it's going to take an off season. It's going to take 
recruiting faster guys on defense. It's going to take that offseason for that defensive staff to prepare for Josh Heupel. You can't prepare for Josh Heupel in Heupel's first season during the season. For Kentucky, you can prepare for Kentucky week to week during the season. This is what Mississippi State did. This is what Mississippi State did. If you heard the show on Friday, there's something that Jonathan Wade and I talked about is, all right, what's going to happen in year two and year three for Josh Heupel? How will he continue to be effective on offense with this up-tempo system? Wade is a little, he's not skeptical, but he's a little cautious about about this offensive philosophy. He is, and the effects that it has on the defense. And can it, can it work long-term? That's fair. 865-255-03, Betty Chevrolet and BettyChevrolet.com. Be right back. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10 right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, 
are roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Oh, boy. There is some smoke in the city. Down there in... TCU land is Gary Patterson is out as the head coach effective immediately. So TCU has a opening and that's a good job right there. They've made updates to their facilities. They have invested in football. That is a good job for an up and coming coach or hey, a proven coach. Maybe Dan Mullen goes there after getting canned from Florida. Just kidding. I don't know. But TCU is a good job. So that job is now open along with um, LSU is open. We'll see what happens with, with Nebraska. We'll see what happens around the country, but that is a good job. Let's get to the phones, the Iris Networks hotline, 865-255-03. Let's bring in D.R. Vall. D.R. Vall, good morning. Guys, I'm calling in because I'm wanting you all to talk me down from the ledge. Uh Jump. Okay. Uh, I'm just I'm you overly, Go ahead and jump I'm overly in. positive about this Kentucky game. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and jump, man. You'll need, you'll need a uh, parachute. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be cautious about it because I don't want to set myself up for heartbreak like the last few years. But, my God, they look – what does it say? Butt booty terrible? They look but terrible against the booty. Butt booty. I mean, listen, Kentucky is capable of beating Tennessee. Uh, I, I'm not going into this game like I was confident, like I was against Mizzou or anything, but the matchups are just really in Tennessee's favor. And Tennessee will have to play a game like they played against Pittsburgh, I think, to lose this game. If Tennessee plays the way they have been playing for the last month, I think they win. Uh, but anything anything is possible. You never know. I mean, you, you gain health because of the bye week, but you may lose the chemistry. You may lose the the, 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 the tempo. You may lose the uh, efficiency that you have gained over the last couple of weeks. So we just never know, man. College football is weird. Football itself is weird. Like, it is weird. The Jets beat 
the freaking Bengals this weekend. Love to um, see it. Yeah, just it just it's just weird. I mean, anything can happen. So you always have to keep that in the back of your mind, Dr. Vall. Um, I wouldn't go, you know, I wouldn't go too crazy. But Tennessee certainly has a lot of matchups in their favor. I think this why this is why this game is only at minus four for Kentucky. I mean, the home team gets three, and right now it's at minus four. So you you think as long as they don't play like they did against Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pittsburgh had all kind of penalties and turnovers. So 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 what? So what you're saying is don't don't play Joe Milton. Yeah, pretty much. And the Which penalties. Would be a repeat of last year. The penalties. I mean, remember man, the what penalties. happened last year. Yeah, that, I still maintain. I, I don't care what anybody says. JG single handedly lost that football game for Tennessee. I agree. The, yeah, listen, the, man, the Joe offense. Milton didn't do anything today. He, JG and Joe Milton didn't do anything. Y'all leave him alone today. Well, you you brought it up by mentioning the Pittsburgh game. Thankfully, nah, Joe Milton won't be playing. I was, I was talking about everything. The penalties, too. Tennessee he, had he over 130 yards of penalty yards. Because of him. He no, had, it wasn't just because yes, of him. He had the jujus and the no, vibes all sideways. No, he he no. affected the See, entire team. Mm-mm. This, this is why I love this show. I call in positive. Now I'm just pissed off thinking about the Pitt <laughs> game last year. I really appreciate it, Ben. You're welcome. That's two games we threw away because of terrible quarterback play. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't know. Play, I don't know what's worse. I don't know what's worse. Watching last year's performance because of one one player or going to Lexington in, in 2017 and watching Tennessee lose to Kentucky because Jeff George caught a freaking Hail Mary at the two-yard line. Who, who catches a Hail Mary at the two-yard line? Just drop it. You, all you got to do is piss me off and piss everybody else off because you caught it, but you were six feet short from the end zone. Just drop it if you're going to catch hey, it at the two-yard line. Don't crit that narrative. The Pittsburgh game was not on Joe Milton. If it the was. penalty yards were good and you still lost, then that's another thing. But that ain't fair to Joe. No, he was it, part of the reason, but he wasn't the reason. No, no, not, I wasn't. He was a, a, a big reason there for, for a minute because if, if, if you hit on those wide open throws you had down the field, not that it was all him, but you, you, it wasn't you all probably him. Beat, beat Pittsburgh. But he, he did play a, a Some, big role in it. Now, the defense had a horrific second quarter. Gave up, what, 27 points uh, in, yeah. in that second quarter. So They lost as a team. They, they did, but – would they Some have folks can't handle if, jokes. If, if Some folks listening can't handle jokes. the entire game. Huh? Huh? Some huh? folks listening can't handle jokes. So we want to make sure that after the jokes that we that we come back with the you know with some honesty and some and some for realness here and say that it was a team L, not just Joe Milton, led by Joe Milton. Whatever. So Ben, do you think uh, talking about Jeff George and two yards short? Do you think that would be uh, Milton's go-to receiver? We know how he likes to run out of bounds with three seconds left. No comment. Shut up, Dr. Vaughn. You gonna have Joe Milton on your show soon and be sucking up to him anyways. <laughs> and I'll ask him about it. I have proven I'll ask him about. Something. I will say that about Dr. Vaughn. I was I was, <laughs> I was messing with him during his show when they were when they were interviewing Brian Mauer and and he he did he did ask Brian Mauer the, the questions that I was joking with him about. That's right. We'll give you that, Dr. Vaughn. Uh, I gotta have something going for me, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I'm not at the ledge now. I'm just pissed off thinking about all these games that's thrown away over the years. So I, I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Negaval yeah, Ben. You're the one right, that guys, brought up that Tennessee day. blew it last year first. Blew what game? Uh, Diarval is the one that mentioned last year's oh. game first. Yeah, well, I was so he brought that on himself. 
Listen, I said that if Tennessee plays the way they have been playing the last month or so, that they should win. And if they avoid a performance like they had against Pittsburgh, where you have the turnovers and you have the penalties against you, that w- I think that would be the only reason why Tennessee loses this game. Got to take care of the football, and you can't beat yourself with pre-snap penalties. Florida got themselves in trouble, and they had over 100 yards in, in penalties. Tennessee can't allow that to be the case. So whatever we have to do to make sure that the noise is not a problem, because, yes, they don't have 100,000 people, but that stadium gets loud. It's small now. It's small. Kind of like the, you know, the self-checkout in Kroger. But it's, but it, it's loud. It gets loud, too. So got to make sure you can't let the noise um, be a problem for you up there. Mighty uh, Kroger you, field. <laughs> Justin Virginia says, do you think Tucker would have been a good fit here <clears throat> when we hired Pruitt? Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> I hope this don't make people mad. It's going because to. we got Josh Heupel, okay? So it sh- should be okay. We've got Josh Heupel. We have a good head coach. At least it looks that way right now, and we hope it continues to look that way. You always got to keep your cup on, and you got to have your head on the swivel. But right now, Josh Heupel is getting it done, and looks like he's going to be just fine here at Tennessee. But to answer Josh's question, it was between Kevin Steele and Mel Tucker. And then... Jerry Pruitt just got this momentum out of nowhere. Um, and then he was hired. So, yeah, Mel Tucker would have been uh, would have been good because look at what he's doing right now with the resources. He's he is doing a really good job. And, you know, watching that Michigan Michigan State game, he said that they're gonna win because his team is tougher, his players are tougher, and it's gonna be a heavyweight um bout and it's gonna be about the team that flinches at the end. And he called it. Michigan flinched and Michigan State won. And Michigan State fans flipped over a truck, a SUV, and destroyed it. And burned couches. So I want to see that same energy. National media talking about those fans. I want to see the same energy. Not saying justifying what happened with Tennessee, because Tennessee fans were wrong. But I want to see some of that same energy. I want to see some of those same articles talking about fan behavior. That's all. You won't. No, no. Um, ben, I went back and watched Tennessee up against Lenore Ryan in the uh, exhibition game. And I know it's just Lenore Ryan. But, man, Kennedy Chandler. That boy is a stud. Yes. The game looks so slow to him. And he's a true freshman playing in his first basketball game. And I know it really wasn't a real basketball game. But, man, he can shoot it. He can drive it. He can finish around the rim with both hands. Oh, my goodness. Man, this team is so much different with speed at point guard. And he's not the only guy with speed. At point guard, because you guys are Kai Ziegler coming in, Lil Z coming in, and woo, he can shoot it too. He's tough as nails, and he's clutch. He got a little bit of that Lamonte Turner gene. Hey, hey, man. Hey, man, this basketball team going to be fun to watch. Yes, I, there, there are so many guys to talk about from 
from Saturday's exhibition. Kennedy looked awesome. Sakai Ziegler, he, he's going to take some fine-tuning. You, you can see that he's raw, but you, you can also see why the staff liked him, and, and I thought he looked looked pretty good. And it's going to be nice to have two true point guards on this basketball team. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out with both of them being true freshmen. That, that makes me uh, a, a little bit nervous. But did you catch on the broadcast – where oh, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but the guy that was Hoover? doing the no, who Roger was doing the the game with Steve Hamer. Yeah, yeah, Hamer. Uh, he he said that Rick Barnes mentioned to them that he wasn't afraid to put Zakai Ziegler out there in crunch time with a ball in his hands. Did, did oh, I know clutch gene. Yeah, I heard that clutch gene like Lamonte Turner. That's why I said it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, I, I'm nervous about having two freshman point guard out there, but it seems like Tennessee got the, in terms of being able to take the ball, take care of the ball in pressure situations, seems like they, they've got the two best true freshmen to do so. But the thing that stood out to me the most, Swain, was Santiago Vescovi. He just looks different running up and down the court. You, you can tell he's that he's slimmed down. You can yep. tell that he's quicker. He's more decisive. He's not thinking. He looks awesome. The the only thing that that was concerning was was his shot. He he didn't get very many to to fall, but in terms of creating for everybody else, he I think he's going to be a real problem for the SEC. I ain't concerned about Viscovi's shot. That's going that's going to be there. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I'm just saying if if there is one thing to ding him on during the exhibition, it was that he couldn't oh, get his yeah. his shot to fall. But he looked awesome creating. For, for his teammates, he was able to stay in front of some defenders, which has not been the case in the past. And, again, it's Lenore Ryan. We'll, we'll see how he does in, in the upcoming games that, that count. Uh, but he looked awesome. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield looked really good. Justin Powell, boy, that stroke. You, you see that stroke, Swain? Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing but, but water. It, Bottoms. It was, it, or you missed you missed something, though, Ben. You missed something. What's well, a long list of things? Josiah Jordan James looked good. His Victor shot, Jr. his shot good. is improved. Josiah's shot, you can, it's it's been tweaked. His confidence is high. Shooting it, he's not hesitating at all. He's letting it fly. There were some times where I was like, "Dang, Josiah, you gonna pass it?" <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he was letting it fly, letting it fly. So this team that struggled shooting the ball from the outside, Rick Barnes addressed that very well. Very well this offseason. They're shooters all over the place now. I mean, you talk about Justin Powell, uh, Viscovi, uh, Kenny Chandler can shoot it. Josiah Jordan James can shoot it. Did I mention Justin Powell already? Yes. Uh, Zakai Ziegler can shoot it. We got some guys that can fill it up. Did I mention Viscovi already? Yes. We got some guys and, that can fill it and up. And here's the other thing. Olivier Camwa can Ooh, shoot yeah, he it. Out. He, he, he stepped out, yeah. He, he's not going to shoot it a ton. But it, it's going to be very similar to Kyle Alexander, Kyle's senior year, where he's kind of that mm-hmm. trailing big. And mm-hmm. if, if the defense is sagging off, he, he's going to bust it. He, he's going to pull it, and he's going to make it more often than, he, than he's going to miss it. And I actually think he'll shoot more threes than, than Kyle did. He, he's still not going to be a volume shooter, but I, I, would imagine, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I would think that Kyle Alexander probably took – 20 to 33s that year. I, I think Olivier will be somewhere around 40 to 
45, maybe into 50. And I'm, I'm comfortable with, with him taking those shots if, if it's a good open three because he's got a pretty stroke. No, it, it is. He got a nice stroke. And, and aside from the three, I thought Olivier looked really good. He's shown off the athleticism. He looks comfortable in the post. That, that's, that's what's most noticeable to me, and I've seen that in practice. He actually brought it up on his own to me when I, when I was talking to him last week at Tennessee Media Day. That, that he feels like that's where he's improved the most, where he's not in his head anymore. And, and you've talked about this at length with Olivier, that in the past when he's caught the ball in the post, it's like he didn't know what to do with it. Do I shoot it? Do I make a move? Do I pass it? What, what do, do I something. do? He, he would, do something. He would ju- yes, he would, he would freak out, and, and he would turn, turn the ball over as a result. And now, at least in the exhibition, I see it in practice. He catches the ball in the post, and he's not thinking. He either immediately keeps the ball moving, or he immediately goes into a post move. And and I think he's going to have a, a really strong season. Uh, Kyle shot seven threes his last year. Really? Seven. Yep, he was three for seven at forty three percent. Why does it feel is, like he took more than seven? Uh, because he took that you know top of the key jumper, just wasn't behind three. Huh? But he'd take those. Well, I definitely mm-hmm. think Olivia. Olivier is going to shoot more threes than, than Kyle did. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think Olivier will take uh, two a game. I don't know. I think he will. Because Rick even, Rick even pointed out that Olivier can, can make it from, from, from deep and has really improved his shot. So to me, if, if Rick's pointing it out, then it's, it's maybe something that, that they want him to do as well. Uh. Our research department team, a.k.a. Nathaniel Rutherford, <laughs> Josh Heupel's record after a bye is 4-1. and one. The only loss was to Memphis 50-49 to uh, 49 last season, according to Nathaniel Rutherford. So, well, Nathaniel you, said Nathan. it, you can take it to the bank. That's right. When it comes to getting those stats – Nate Dog got us got us taken care of. Uros. That's right. Uros. With the steel. Dribbling the peel. And the dunk was ill. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're going to break right now. <laughs> Hey man, this is what I do, man. This is what I do. I I, I just bust dope beats, dope rhymes. This is what I do. All you, all, do. You, all you just did was embarrass yourself. <laughs> Uros, getting it done. Swain event, be right back. <laughs> 